Welcome back to Autolux Autopod. I am your host, the doctor to the car, Mr. Everett J himself. And this week from Autolux Autopod, we are looking at the rise of the alternative vehicle and where our market is going these days. Autolux.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to Autolux Autopod. I am your host, Everett J. Keep following our Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Pinterest. Or www.autolux.net, our home base, for all your up-to-date facts about the automotive industry and design ratings of cars from around the world. This week, we're taking a look at the rise of the alternative vehicle. Yes, the days of standard segment vehicles is diminishing. Now we're heading into the world of alternative vehicles vehicles that don't know what they are are they this or are they that no they look like that but they're this we're talking about vehicles like the salute the coupe profile the convertible suv things like that you know power source of vehicles may not be the only thing that's changing in our world right no our vehicles themselves consumer mentality is changing consumer buying power is changing and what people want is becoming the major driving force behind the automobile industry industry and the designs we have these days. We all saw it back in the early 2000s when Volkswagen and Mercedes decided to bring the coupe profile to the sedan market. They saw the future that the coupe model, two-door coupes, was slowly going to die out. Now Mercedes, for them, it seemed kind of odd because they're in the luxury ring. Luxury rings tend to always beat fad, considering the fact that every year when we do our ratings, coupes and convertibles, the only vehicles that are ever included within them, besides, you know, let's say a Honda Civic, are from luxury brands. Well, Mercedes said, hey, they're going to be changing. You might as well change with it. They're one of the ones that helped pioneer the saloon or coupe profile sedan marketplace with the CLS. And they did it again when they did the coupe profile SUVs. They didn't pioneer it, the BMW to pioneer that one, with the original X6. And then Land Rover got on the convertibles with the Evoque convertible, which was just after Nissan did it with that horrible Nissan Murano convertible. <sighs> and now Volkswagen is looking at making the T-Rock yeah, people are getting into more weird stuff because these days it isn't about three vehicle drive. No, it's about two. And you're really starting to see it with every genre of vehicle, except for trucks. Trucks are the only thing that really aren't changing, except for the fact that getting a two-door model is getting harder and harder to come by for a personal use. Company use? No, they make them for fleets, but personal use, they're not big. Same with sidestep. Sidestep days are gone, unfortunately. I like the sidestep in old 19... 50s Ford F100 or even the late 80s Silverados of the step side or the last famous step side Ford Tacoma X Runner yeah, those were the days but alternative vehicles are coming out you could see it even with the electrics look at the Model X what is it is it a hatchback is it a crossover is it a utility vehicle is it a van like what the hell is it the Model Y just makes it even weirder because all it really is is a sedan with a massive ass it's exactly same thing BMW did with the 2 Series, 3 Series, 4 Series, 6 Series, GTs, 5 Series, you know, whatever. They did a whole bunch of different series. There's Grand Touring ones. And they put a notch back on a, on a sedan. They turned them into hatchback. They were crossovers. Horrible, horrible crossovers. They never really got good ratings. But that's where the Model Y fits in. That's where the Model X fits in. Then you start moving into products like the brand new Mustang Mach-E. What is it trying to be? It doesn't look like a Mustang, but it has the name. Yeah, we'll get into that 
that in a different podcast. Don't, don't get me started on the Mustang mach But what is it? Is it a sports car? Is it a cross track? Is it a utility vehicle? Is it a hatchback? Like, what the hell is it? Well, these are the alternative vehicles. These are products that people want. Because, like I said, people aren't three-vehicle driveways anymore. I'm one of the few that actually still has three-vehicle driveway. I get a vehicle, my wife's got a vehicle, and I got a fun vehicle. If I can afford it, I probably have four. We both have fun vehicles. Like I said, when her car dies, I'm going to be getting keeping her vehicle as a fun vehicle for her and getting her something new. But that's what people are looking at. They're looking at you know one-car driveways or two-car driveways. Like when I met my wife and we were f- had our first house, we were one-car people. Yeah, I had two cars. One was parked in the garage being ripped apart and worked on. I owned it, but I didn't drive it. I only had one vehicle between the two of us. Why do we need two? It was just the two of us. So people are looking at it as that attitude. Why do I need more than one vehicle? It's just the two of us. And we live close enough to work. Like, we lived in town. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be late. You could take the bus or a cab or, you know, it was only two and a half kilometers from work at that time. Either one of us could just walk home. Living in a major city, that's what it turns into. Why do you need to own more than one vehicle? Well, my in-laws are the same way. One vehicle. I never got caught that until I started seeing people in major cities. Why do you need more than one? You can just cab or take public transit everywhere. So alternative vehicles are the way to keep consumers inspired to buy more. Now the Mustang Mach-E proves that theory. They're trying to get you with the name the Mustang. It's a sports car. It's a coupe. It's a muscle car. When really the Mach-E's not. But it's keeping you inspired. It gives you that sport appeal. Soft rotor. Can fit all your groceries. Still look good and have fun. It's got every single thing in the package. Where when I was growing up, back in the 80s and early 90s my dad wanted to have that he would have to own a truck and then get an suv or a van for us going on vacation and then have a sports car something fun to go back and forth to work so he'd have to have three or four vehicles in his driveway to get everything that's compiled and pushed into some of these vehicles that's why the bmw 5 series gt was created people were people were buying the 5 series but they needed more space and they don't want to move up to an x5 because it's an suv i don't want to get one i still want my sedan so they created a bridge between the two the gts ford's doing that here but they're doing it with an alternative power source too but they're bridging the gap it's the gap that's saying you don't need to own a full-blown big-ass suv you don't need to own a sports car you don't need a sedan or a coupe profile no how about we just package everything into one and let the market decide and this has been happening for years go back to the 80s and early in late 80s early 90s you get off-road inspired vans vans started to get four-wheel drive because people wanted to go into the bush they needed a big burly vehicle to go into the bush and big suvs weren't everywhere and we always have to remember north america we're the only place in the world that has full-size SUVs, like well, not full-size extended suvs like the suburban the yukon the escalade esv the expeditions and the only place in the world that has full-size pickup trucks except for china china is one of those nations that's growing in demand for big products like that even though they don't have the space there are places within that country that still have the space that they can have big vehicles like that as well but places like europe never expanding africa central america well just look at india they're all about small cars well suvs aren't super big there but they're starting to get into vehicles that do more with less you go there suzuki it's their biggest market well suzuki's famous for small cars putting a great package into a small vehicle giving you everything the suzuki sx4 was one of those it was a hatchback mixed with an suv that had the appeal of a cross track so it's got that soft rotor appeal when you're on the road it's got full-blown hatchback so it's not super huge, but in the wintertime, or when you're on a back road in mud, you can lock the diff into four-wheel drive. It does everything. That's why I own one of those, and they're an amazing little car, because I could do everything with it. It's an all-in-one product. Now, my Borrego is a little bit different. Same with my old CX-9. My CX-9 was a cross between a 
minivan, a station wagon, and a sedan. I sat in the seat like I was sitting in a sedan. I had the room like they do in a minivan, but it wasn't overly tall, so it was more like a station wagon. And the appeal of the design was sporty, so I had an all-in-one. Brega, on the other hand, is old school. It's an SUV. It's full-blown SUV. That's just one package. It's big, it's burly, it goes off-road. You're seeing a rise in the Crosstrek. People don't realize that the Crosstrek marketplace is one of the fastest-growing markets out there. Yes, CUVs, they're getting more and more and more and more and more. There's lots of them, but Crosstreks. Gotta remember, when the CUVs started expanding, Crosstreks started expanding, you get hatchbacks with Crosstrek marketplace. You get CUVs that actually have almost Crosstrekking abilities. They're a bridge between a CUV being a CUV and a CUV being an SUV. Now, like we say, could this just be a phase in the marketplace right now? Could we just be looking at maybe people just want an all-in-one product now and eventually in 10 years from now, all the people that have bought those vehicles are going to be saying, no, I want to move up and I just want a minivan. I just want a sedan. I've already said that to myself. My kids get older. I won't need the big SUV because I won't need that much space. I might switch and get myself a sedan for going around town and then we'll get a truck or something to go out into the bush. We'll be changing our, our vehicles up. We won't need a dedicated everything thing all in one. For a starter family, it's good to have, or when you're just two people. You know, being a dink, double income, no kids, person, couple, it's amazing to have a product like the Model X and the Mach-E. But for myself, as my family grows, it's nice to have products like the Kia Stinger and a Ford F-150 still. But as I said, third vehicle is dying off, but that's that's also because five-speed standards are dying off. Those amazing, go anywhere, have fun, be in control products are dying off. So that could be another reason why the third vehicle. But like we said when we started with this, coupes, convertibles, station wagons, they're all they're all dying off. Or are they? They're just evolving into what we need them to be. Everybody wants a coupe still. But we got families. We got friends. Not all of our friends drive. Hell, I still have two friends that don't drive. I have a brother that lives in major cities who never drives anywhere until he's on vacation. People that don't drive. There's lots of people these days that don't drive. My dad was growing up. If he didn't have a license by the time he turned 18, there was a problem. Why didn't you get a license? What are you weird? My generation? It's not weird. It's just if you don't have a license, we're just like, oh, you just live in a major city, you're close to everything you need. Why do you need a license? But as my kids grow up, they're gonna look at a, why do you need a license? Unless you live out in the middle of nowhere, you don't, don't need a license. So these people are looking at it as, well, I gotta bring my friends around. When I started looking for vehicles when I was younger, I was one of those people that started looking at it as, you know, owning a sedan might be better because I have most of my friends at the time, even when I was 20, didn't have a license. So I needed a vehicle that would be fun and cool to go around. So I had a sports sedan to get around. Four doors, it's cool looking, it's powerful, it did everything I needed. Coupe profiles were an expansion of that. Coupe profile SUVs are an expansion of that now because the CUV craze is going berserk. People still want to own a coupe, but they don't want to drive a car. Just take a look at it. The Cadillac XT4 is only sold as an all-wheel drive product in Canada. In the States, you can still get them as two-wheel drive. All-wheel drive is an option. For the same price as a two-wheel drive, we get an all-wheel drive in Canada. Seems kind of weird. But now when you consider the fact that most of us in Canada, we're used to snow for four months of the year. We're used to bad weather. So we don't want to own a two-wheel drive sedan, and then all of a sudden in the middle of winter, what the hell do we do with it? No. That's where the CUV craze has given us products like the CUV Coupe and the CUV Convertible. CUV Convertible is I can use this thing in the wintertime. It's a convertible I can use in the wintertime. Jeep Wrangler is one of the only products you could actually say that about, but a Land Rover Evoque. I can go bombing through the backwoods, and when I hit the highway, drop the top, cruising the highway. With products like this are changing. The markets are changing. Our segments are changing. Everything is changing. And just like I said, the amount of vehicles. At the turn of this century, average household in North America had nearly three vehicles. 2001, I remember doing a report on it. The average household in the U.S. had three vehicles. 
vehicles. The average household in Canada had 2.5. It's funny that we had more vehicles than we had kids. But now, those marketplaces are changing. But are they changing for the better? And like I said, with places like in, in Asia or Europe with limited space, where they had, at the time we had three vehicles, they had an average of two vehicles. Now they're moving down to one. And you get in places like, like Shanghai, Beijing, where they have lottery licensing, where you may not be guaranteed to get a car. But when you get one, you, you get it. And you get a car. But since you only get allowed to get one vehicle, just like they used to be able to have one child, what do you have? What do you get? A Mach-E or a Tesla Model X bridges that gap. You're only allowed one vehicle. you got to think about it. Imagine yourself living in a major city, 20 million people. They only allow 5 million cars. So you put your name in a pool because you want to own a vehicle like everyone else. You're getting tired of taking public transit. You want to be able to go out of town and have fun every once in a while. You have a parking space. It's taking you three years to get a parking space. So you get into this lottery to win a license plate. Win the ability to purchase a vehicle. Day comes along, you win that lottery. You can purchase that vehicle. But what do you get? You live in a major city and you have a family. And purchasing a vehicle is not something you just, you know, I'll just get a sports car today and then oops, you're having a kid and ooh, now I need an SUV but I can't afford to get rid of my coupe. What do, what do I do? Well, North America. Here, where I live, I could just be like, well, I'll park that in my garage. I'll get something else. Buy some cheap, crappy vehicle and away we go. There's a lottery. You can only get one vehicle. Me, personally, I would look at it as maybe I'll take the Mustang Mach-E. I got my sports car. I got my soft rotor and I got a low profile. I get something that's fun, fast, and can handle all the stuff I want. I need to bring along. It does everything I need it to do. And that is the marketplace that we are moving into. You know, there are markets that could still have the ability for three vehicles. Could keep certain segments alive, like coupes, convertibles, actual sports cars, because sports cars are dying out. Supercars aren't. Grand Touring, Roadsters, all those. No, not dying. But standard sports cars. Like, like this is how the Super came back, the sports car. Those markets are dying. There are still places like Africa, South America, and the Middle East that still support, have room to grow for the three-car mark. But as places like Europe, Asia and North America get more and more densely populated the use of us having three vehicles is diminishing so we're now looking at what we need to put together a cross trainer shoe as I looked back in an old design video I had from the early 2000s they talked about cross trainer shoes it was a product that brought everything into one because I can use it on pavement I can use it on dirt I can use it on mud I can use it on rocks it did everything CUVs at the time were slowly becoming that way today sedans are coming that way hatchbacks are coming that way Wagons, wagons, the only way you sell wagons anymore is if they actually have a cross-track version with them. SUVs are starting to become that way. Vans, vans, never even thought about this. Vans are starting to become that way. Vans are getting more sport appeal, more luxury appeal, and some of them are getting software abilities. They're all moving into those marketplaces. Why? Because the market demands it. The market wants it. And alternative vehicles, except for a few places in the world, are going to be the next step in the evolution of the automobile. Pretty soon, we're going to be looking at it as, is it a sedan? Is it hatchback? Is it like what is it? Where do we put the Mustang Mach-E? Can we classify it as a utility vehicle? Can we classify it as a sports car? Can we classify it as a hatchback or a sedan? No. The only perfect genre you could throw it into right now is it's a crossover because it's a mixture of so many different things jammed into one amazing packet. And that is where the market is going. So all in all, when you take a look at the markets, they're all becoming more dense. 
But is that because of the consumers and what we want and the fact that we don't want to own so much anymore? We're starting to scale back on our ownership of vehicles. So we want an all-in-one deal? Or is it just the changing of the times? Is it just the evolution of the automobile? Really, are we just evolving? Or are we going back to where we once came from? Where the Model T was the all-in-one vehicle. It went off-road, it went on-road. It climbed embankments, it was sporty. It had had everything. It did everything for a family. It got you from point A to point B, no matter where you live. Is that what we're getting back into? These are good questions we have to ask looking forward. In the next 10 years, so by 2030, we're going to figure that out. And with the rise of autonomous and alternative fuel technologies, we're really going to see where the market is going to shift to and how we get around. So overall, the alternative vehicle marketplace is something that's going to change and make us more aware of what's going on around us. It's something that has to be done. It's something that has to evolve. And just like all things, the automobile has to evolve with human tastes of what we want. And the future is going to show it to us real soon. So for this week's podcast, I am your host, Everett J from Autolux.net. Keep following our Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Podbeam, iTunes, YouTube, and at www.autolux.net for all your up-to-date ratings on every single vehicle from around the world. And if you're looking for some quick links for all the companies we have talked about, check up our corporate websites for links to every major car corporation in the world. If we don't have it, let us know. I'm your host, Everett J, saying stripe yourself for this one fun wild ride from Autolux.net.